Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who assisted with these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. So today I wanted to talk about... Um, the correlation between food insecurity and disability. If, if you haven't heard the term food insecurity before, it just means that um, people are, do not have access to food, to food or are unable to get the nutrition they need. Um, usually this is because uh, folks live in poverty. Um, what made me think of this was that here in the U.S., um, due to coronavirus, um, much of our population is now experiencing um, being at or near poverty level, unfortunately, due to loss of job um, jobs and closures of businesses, that sort of things um, thing. And there's been a lot of talk about it on the news, and my thought was, well, yes, I mean, and it's it's horrible. It's a horrible situation. Um, I feel for everybody who's in it, um, but food insecurity and poverty are not new, and so I thought it was interesting that it takes a crisis of this magnitude um, for even the media to even really talk about this issue. And even so, people weren't talking about how poverty and food insecurity affect disabled people. So I'd like to delve into that today. Before I do, I would like to remind you that this show is on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are on Zoom, so if you'd like to join me on Zoom, the number is 1-646-558-8656. That's a United States number through New York, so your long-distance charges may apply. Um, our meeting ID on Zoom is 
So let's go ahead and get started with this topic today. So <clears throat> it's estimated that as um, of 2016, more than 41 million Americans are food insecure. I, again, where one or more people in the household may go without meals on a regular basis. Um, of this group, 3.3% are people with some form of disability. Um, why is this? There are several reasons why. Um, lack of funds, basically, people with disabilities are just do not have the money to purchase food. Um, so this may seem obvious. Um, certainly people with disabilities aren't the only ones to suffer from low unemployment or being chronically impoverished. Um, however, house, those households with a disabled individual face um, additional hardships due to the fact that they may require additional exp uh, expensive procedures and devices to manage their disability. So people with wheelchairs, walkers, or other assistive devices may have to choose between paying for these things and paying for their next meal. Unfortunate, but true. Health insurance can be helpful, but even programs like Medicare and Medicaid don't pay for everything. Additionally, it may be difficult to navigate these systems. Um, insurance is a tricky thing. In the United States, we use a process through insurance is called prior authorization. Um, for a lot of these devices that the disabled use in their day-to-day -day lives, like wheelchairs, um, the insurance company will not pay for those unless you get what's considered a prior authorization. Prior authorization means that your provider, your doctor, has to send in a ton of paperwork basically proving that you need that device in order to function. Um, and then the insurance makes a determination based on that whether or not they will cover it. A lot of this um, happens with uh, um, uh, certain certain orthotics, um, certain braces for feet and legs. Um, I've seen that happen where the insurance will determine that the patient in question really doesn't need the device for whatever reason and then declines to cover it. So it's it's a tricky process. And sometimes, most of the time, the doctor can provide enough information and evidence that the insurances will go ahead and cover it. However, um, there are times when the insurances will just outright deny. And that, of course, leaves a person without those devices that they need to function. Um, additionally, speaking of insurance, this is a hard system to navigate, even for the people who know it. Um, if you are just an average person who don't who doesn't know that that system, that way, the way the insurances work, it can be extremely difficult to get the answers and the equipment you need. Um, so that's part of it. And of course, you know, these devices are extremely expensive and any surgeries you may need to um, help with your disability, again, 
very expensive and may or may not be covered by your medical insurance. So disabled adults, even those who are able to work in some capacity, are more likely to seek assistance from state and national programs such as um, SNAP, which is Supplemental um, Nutrition Assistance Program, basically food stamps, SSI or SSDI, and we've talked about those before, um, the federal programs that assist uh, low-income or disabled individuals uh, with money um, to provide for their needs. Um, <clears throat> additionally, research has shown that people with disabilities require more money to meet their needs as compared to able-bodied individuals due to increased medical expenses. These programs, while well-intentioned, often fall far short of what is actually needed for a disabled person to survive. Um, for example, SSI, which is considered a needs-based program, that's sup Supplemental Security Income, um, it caps a person's available assets, which is basically any money set aside for stocks, bonds, or savings accounts, at $2,000. So in order to get SSI, um, you can only have $2,000 to your name, period, end of story. Um, before benefits can become, um, um, basically, after that $2,000, if you have more, the SSI is reduced um, for, you know, depending on how much money over that you have. So this hampers a disabled person's ability to save up for needed um, equipment or medical procedures and significantly reduces their ability to access healthy food. <clears throat> Again, going back to the mental, uh, the uh, medical, um, I can guarantee that a surgery <laughs> is much more than $2,000. So a person whose insurance will not cover that sur surgery um, really doesn't have. Get ready for the smartest bundle in streaming. Six streaming services for the intellectually curious. Featuring Curiosity Stream with the best collection of documentary films and TV shows. Psalm TV and great stories from the world of wine. Taste Made for the fun side of food and travel. Topic with the best thrillers and crime stories. And so much more. From nature to history, technology to food, mystery to adventure. Get six streaming services for one low price. And less than $6 a month, it's the best deal in streaming. Learn more and sign up now at smartbundle.com a way to save up for that surgery if they're on SSI. Um, unless, of course, they go off of SSI, save up for the surgery. But then again, it, it repeats that cycle of, of poverty um, without giving someone a chance to gain some ground so they can actually get out of poverty. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's a bit dry today. So I'm going to talk about some of the other factors going into why disabled people are facing um, problems with food shortages in just a minute. Right now I'm going to take a break and run a little announcement on what NHEG has in store for us um, coming up here. I'll be right back.
right now. You might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. This is our episode on um, food insecurity and the disabled. In the first section, I talked about um, generally what the statistics were as far as impoverished, impoverished people who have disabilities. And also I went into some of the reasons why um, disabled folks may not um, be able to have enough money for food as well as other expenses. Um, so let's go ahead and continue that. Um, an another reason why um, disa the disabled may have trouble getting food, um, not necessarily just because of lack of money. Um, lack of transportation is another big one. Um, many people with disabilities, myself included, um, can't drive. Um, unless you are fortunate enough to live in a city with a robust public transportation system, this hampers a disabled person's ability to access food in general. I um, personally am lucky enough that I have a grocery store close by. Um, but even so, I'm limited in how much food I can physically carry. So that's limiting how much food I can buy per trip. And often, that's not enough to get me through the week, honestly. Um, <clears throat> so, But I am also fortunate to have friends who are able to take me on regular grocery trips. So it's not as um, dire as a lot of people with disabilities are, are facing. Um, so many disabled people don't, of course, have these resources, um, and food delivery services such as Instacart and Shopify, um, while wonderful, I mean, I have used them in the past in emergencies, um, and certainly it makes food more accessible to some of people, but they do not take SNAP, SNAP benefits. Um, I believe now Amazon does on certain foods only. Um, your bulk items like pasta or beans, that sort of thing. But again, if you need delivery because you are not mobile as a disabled person and are having problems getting to um, a store to buy your items, really it's difficult. Your choices are limited in, in how to do that. Um, <clears throat> so, and of course, these food delivery services like Instacart, um, either way, even if you pay with EBT, you still have 
the delivery fee, which also could be cost pro prohibitive, depending on where your finances are at the time. Um, so having to pay for groceries because the service doesn't take EBT, doesn't take SNAP, on top of the delivery fee, um, it can push a person's budget to the max, especially if you're having to do something like that several times a week just to you know make sure you have enough food. Um, services such as taxis and rideshare companies can also be difficult to pay for. I love Uber. I love Lyft. Yes, I've used them. Yes, they are a great boon to people with disabilities. But again, you run into the um, money issue. And those services are only available to those who are fortunate enough to be able to pay for them, of course. Um, and again, if you need those services in order to go shopping for food, you're stuck with, okay, do I pay for the ride share in order to get my groceries home and go to the store in the first place? Or, you know, do I attempt to walk in, in whatever weather is currently going on? And do I physically have the strength to carry bags of groceries home? Um, these are things I think about when I go to the store. Um, and I'm sure other people with disabilities as well have this on their mind when they go grocery shopping. Going grocery shopping for a person with a disability is... Um, you can't just jump in your car and say, oh, I need to pick up milk. Um, or I need to, you know, uh, uh, I forgot dish detergent. It's not something where you can just hop into your car and, and go down there. It really is, it does take planning. Um, and if the weather is inclement or, you know, uh, the buses aren't running, then I, there are days I can't go shopping. Um, and I really have to pick and choose when I decide, when I can go. Um, <clears throat> so, again, and an Uber or a Lyft, um, they can cost upwards of $30 a trip and they can add up, especially if you need to take an Uber uh, multiple times a week to doctor's appointments or to get groceries. That stuff can add up. It, it sounds like not much. It doesn't sound like much, but it really does add up. Um, if you happen to live in an area where these, uh, where there is considered to be a food desert, um, food deserts are areas where um, access to food is really, really limited. Uh, certain rural areas um, may not have much in the way of a grocery store. Maybe like a a convenience store, a local store, but anything larger than that, sometimes like a Walmart can be like two hours out of town. Um, that's really difficult if you're disabled and you happen to be in a rural area and don't have friends or family that can help you get around. Um, it, it can be very, very difficult to even access food. Okay, I'm going to take another quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor, Silicon Valley High School. And right after that, I'm going to go ahead and talk about some more items that 
you know, our our cause people with disabilities difficulty um, in accessing food. Um, so stick around for our third portion of our episode. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Welcome back to the New Hyde Show on education. Today's topic is food insecurity in the disabled population um, in the United States. Um, I mentioned a few things that can be challenges for the disabled individual when trying to go shop for um, food and, you know, get groceries. Um, and now one of the other things I'm going to speak about is lack of nutrition. Um, if you're like me, your doctor, every time he goes, oh, you know, you should eat better. You need to lose weight. You need to do this or, um, which is great. You know, um, I, I fully support that and, um, am behind healthier eating all the way for a person who's disabled it it trying to eat more health healthily is is a challenge um even if you're in poverty and not disabled it's a challenge but uh, you know disabled folks have that little extra hurdle to surmount when they're trying to eat healthy but still trying to find ways to get to stores you know um for example, you know, I'd love to shop at something like Whole Foods, which offers healthier op options um, to a lot of foods. Uh, but again, it's much further than what I can actually walk to. Um, and I pretty much am limited in what stores I can frequent. Um, I do try to, you know, get get fresh produce sometimes fresh produce is not available especially if you're having to go to a food bank um, food banks are wonderful resources and i would encourage anybody who needs um food at this point to to visit visit them um however fresh produce at a food bank is is hard to come by i won't say that they never have fresh produce some do but by and large uh, food banks focus on um, shelf stable um, items like beans um, tomato sauce pasta um, all of those things can have added sugar um, added flour and it, it makes things a little difficult because if your choice is you know do I get uh, the whole wheat um, pasta, you know, gluten-free, or do I get, you know, regular pasta? You know, you, you don't really have that choice. You get you get what's on the shelf, um, and that contributes to uh, problems with um, nutrition in disabled individuals. Um, 
and it can make a person's disability worse or or their comorbid conditions worse. Say um, I have and I, I don't, but I'm just I'm just using it as an example. Let's say um, I am wheelchair bound, I'm paraplegic, but I also have diabetes. Um, what I eat would severely impact that condition. And if I'm not eating the right things, if I'm eating something with too much sugar that or carbohydrates, then, um, you know, my health continues to decline, which again impacts the disability itself and really, really affects a person's quality of life. Um, so that's something to think about. Um, so as I mentioned, also if you have a special dietary option, like you, you can't, you're allergic to gluten, um, allergic to anything like MSG or anything like the, that these, these places don't really have options for, for people who have special dietary needs. Um, but again, if it's a choice between, well, do I handle the allergy or do I live, you know, do I eat to live? What's your choice? You know, um, so, you know, it's, it's always a trade-off, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. It's always a trade-off and being healthy is, um, trickier than you would think. Um, so, and again, even when you do go to a regular store, often the most inexpensive and available foods are the pre-processed, pre-packaged items like, uh, TV meals, um, packaged chicken nuggets, that sort of thing. Yes. Those things have a lot of sugar. They have a lot of carbs. They, you know, um, have a lot of additives. Again, if you are somebody who is disabled and can't cook for any reason, um, due to your disability, let's say you have issues, um, with your hands, for example, or you're blind or things like that. Um, and it affects your ability to cook for yourself. You're limited in what you can actually basically heat up in the microwave. And those tend to be pre-processed, pre-packaged foods with, which again, have these, um, additives in them, which aren't strictly healthy, but again, what can you do? Um, <clears throat> So again, I'm going to take another short break and I'll be back with our conclusions or my conclusions. Hello listeners. If you're enjoying the new Heights show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store at new-heights-educational-group.myshopify.com.
Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education and our show discussing food insecurity and the disabled in the United States. So we've talked about a lot of factors that influence a disabled person's ability to access food and the type of food they can have access to. Um, I would just say that in general, um, in my personal opinion, I think we need to look at the programs that are available to help um, the disabled um, access food specifically and revamp them to more accurately reflect the disabled experience. You know, it, it, it costs a disabled individual twice as much to survive on above the poverty line as a regular individual, an able-bodied individual, because we do have so many medical expenses. Um, and I think that needs to be accounted for when looking at different policies or different options um, going forward for the disabled and making sure they have access to food. Um, you know, food scarcity, um, difficulties getting food um, has always existed. Um, it's more prevalent now because we're seeing a lot of people losing their jobs and having to go on unemployment or in some cases not even that and now you know, showing it up at food banks in, in large numbers. But I want to make it clear that for a disabled person who can't work, um, this is a real lived experience. This is a real life experience and it's not a sudden experience. You know, a lot of these people unfortunately are now living and experiencing the way in which a lot of disabled people in the United States have to live. And that's unfortunate and I hope things improve. Um, but I did want to take this time in this episode to point out that the, the poverty issues in the country may have increased, but they've always been here, and that the disabled population are really hard hit um, when you're talking about poverty and lack of access to food. So that's the end of our episode today. If you have any questions or comments or want to um, let me know about a topic you'd like me to cover in future episodes, my email address is h at newheightseducation.org. And again, you can find all of these episodes on our website, um, newheightseducation.org. I hope everyone has a wonderful week, and I will see you guys next week with another topic. Take care. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.
at One Day University. We feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com.